You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to week two of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Chris McPherson alongside Bo Wolf, Fran Hello. Duffy. What's up, guys? A couple days of training camp in That's the right. book. Yeah. A lot to cover. Uh, we just got back from the first open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. 20,000 strong, checking out the Eagles in action on a Tuesday, a gorgeous Sunny Tuesday afternoon. It seemed like more than 20,000, too. It's a good crowd. It was a great crowd. It seemed like yeah. about 20,000 to me. Both counted. Give or take. Yeah. I didn't think it was entirely inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great news. Uh, Hall of Fame induction this year. Very exciting. Awesome. Maxi Bond, Brian Westbrook, well-deserved on both fronts. Absolutely. A little Absolutely. love to the past. I want, the, I want to make sure. Sh- I, I think we need to make sure that Maxi Bond gets his credit because <clears throat> Brian Westbrook is obviously great. Everybody knows uh, about Brian Westbrook, but Maxi Bond was a beast, man. Uh, and I was talking to some of the, the guys who were here, um, who were on that 1960 team, and they were just saying, you know, Maxi Bond, tough as nails, like the most disciplined linebacker they've ever seen, like would not bite on anything. Uh, like you could not fool Maxi Bond. So I hope, I hope part of this celebration is it's not just Westbrook, it's Maxi as well. Exactly. And even I got to do a Q&A with them on the plaza, and this was before it was announced. So I'm sure people probably. So wondering. you're tiptoeing around it. Well, it was just sort of listen, like we are in the know. We knew it was coming, but they didn't know. But it was probably like people are probably wondering in the crowd. Brian Westbrook. As soon as they heard Brian right. Westbrook, it was like, oh, Brian Westbrook, yeah. And then Maxi Bond was kind of like, did he play? Uh, how long ago did he play? You know, what year did he play? He was on the '60 team. That's kind of the easy. Answer Started every game as a rookie. Yeah, five Pro Bowls uh, with the Eagles. Nine all all total. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yes, indeed. But great stories to tell about. Chuck Benarek, what it was like being in that locker room. Norm Van Brocklin, heck of a leader at quarterback, was not afraid to get in guys' faces. Um, you know, I did a piece on the 1960 team, and I got to learn a lot about them. And it was just fascinating how they weren't this great team. It was kind of like they had some amazing stars. I think Vaughn is now the eighth person to go into the Hall of Fame. I think ninth. That was eighth. Yeah, well, you, I have to double-check. I'm always now going to make me double check. I, I'm, I'm just tr- trying to remember eight your piece story. that you wrote, which was very good. It was it was in the story. Now now I'm going to be double checking, but uh, but outside of that, it was a lot of journeymen, a lot of cast offs, uh, a lot of come from behind wins. Uh, There's a lot of different things that kind of went into it. So and they beat Vince Lombardi, only team to ever beat yeah. Vince Lombardi in the playoffs, ever. It's great Excellent. stuff. So um, all right, let's fast forward from the past. Let's talk about this year's. Eagles team in a segment we call Three and Out. One, two, three, three. Three is a magic number. Three, three. Now it's time for Three and Out. That's the best drop, in my opinion. I'm going to have to listen to him again. Which I, one's the best? I love. I, I still have a soft spot for game time. <laughs> the game time was a good one. Game time's a good one. Yeah. Uh, just a quick reminder that you need to subscribe the Eagles Insider Podcast. Also, make sure to check out Fran's Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Good episode this week. He had two very good guests. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Haven't had a chance to uh, listen to the Boomer Sison interview. And I told you this when I first came in this morning, Fran. And have you listened to it yet, I have. Bo? The fact that Fran goes and finds a playbook <laughs> and picks out, just picks out a play. And Boomer Sison's like, yeah, I threw a 77-yard touchdown. It was the final touchdown pass of my career on that play yeah was like i'm sitting there like happy coincidence oh, well what geez. i like about it is it's you know boomer right now is like a morning shock jock radio guy uh on wfan I, you could tell that he was excited 
to actually be talking nitty gritty football stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that that was he that was, was geeked out. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because you know prepping for the interview, everyone says that Boomer Sison was one of the best play action quarterbacks of all time. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and I'll try and see if I can find uh, one of those play action plays from that playbook because all these playbooks now are all over the internet. So you can go and find you know the the playbook for the San Francisco 49ers in 1994 and you, you know you'll find it. So went back, found one of his old playbooks, saw a play action concept that is still used around the league. And I said, Oh, I'm going to ask him about this play. And it just ended up that was that <laughs> touchdown. So it worked out. It was perfect. So uh, make sure to comment, uh, rank rate, whatever you want to do, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. I like for Beyond France Pod. podcast. Yes. <laughs> Shout out again. Yeah. <laughs> I look for France podcast. You got a question on yours. That's right. That's a great, I think that's a great way. That's to great. That's, that's, that's fantastic. So, Hopefully, it'll keep that going. That's how we should do our uh, mailing it in. That's right. Moving forward. So uh, here at 3 and Out, we're going to each take a topic and kind of delve into it. And I'm going to take – I think I'm the king of the low-hanging fruit here. I'm going to take the Brandon Boykin trade. And, you know, it's obviously been a few days, you know, kind of – you know, it's not the fresh news anymore, but we haven't had a chance to really discuss on the podcast. And the news broke Saturday night. I will fully admit that I had a a big dinner. I was in a food coma and – my wife hands me the phone and it's like your phone has been blowing up for the last like 15 minutes <laughs> and yeah, I, I think i was two of those calls you were two of those calls and i just looked at my phone and i saw a text eagles trade cb brain oh geez here we go <laughs> uh so it's a little behind the scenes how things work working for the website i was at a bar <laughs> i was at a graduation party playing shuffleboard when it happened so there you go there's my saturday night so obviously you know good value eagles get a conditional fifth and the Eagles seem pretty confident they'll turn into a fourth. He's got to play 60% of the snaps on defense next season and chip throughout the stat that the nickel in Pittsburgh last season played 60%. So, barring injury, they feel pretty good. They will get a fourth-round pick and have eight total picks next year's draft, two third-round picks, two hopefully fourth-round picks. The the one they don't have is a second-round pick uh, because of the Sam Bradford trade to St. Louis. Have you guys looked at the the, the corners on the Steelers roster? It's pretty ugly. Well, Senko's Golden is done for the year potentially. Golden, really? Yeah. I yeah. didn't see that. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, they've got William Gay, who's you know nearly as old as Brandon Bear. Uh, <laughs> I think. I mean, I think Brandon Boykin is going to start. Yes. Yeah, on the outside. So. For, and that's why the guys were happy for him. The guys were kind of yeah. like, we knew he wasn't happy here. It's good he's getting a shot. To me, the one thing that has not really come up is, was he just not that good? He had six interceptions two seasons ago. Two seasons ago, he was excellent. Sure. Fantastic. Last season, obviously you're not going to expect those high interception numbers, especially because he had a career low in snap percentage. But maybe the Eagles were just not happy with his performance. Maybe the talk of going to the outside was weighing on him. Maybe he just felt he was never going to get a shot to be on the outside, warranted or not, and it just affected his play on the field. I just feel like that's the one thing that hasn't come up. Everyone's, you know, outwardly praised him and again that I love watching that highlight of the NFC's championship game where he picks off Kyle Orton I was watching over and over and over again uh, the other day but maybe the Eagles just didn't like what what he was providing on the field well listen I mean if they thought that he was the best nickel cornerback in the league they wouldn't have traded him right precisely yes Uh, I don't you know and and I'll take Phil Davis, for his word, they were not. He said they were, you know, they were not unhappy with Brandon Boykin. He he likes Brandon Boykin a lot, but it was clear that Brandon Boykin was probably not going to be an Eagle beyond this season, right? I mean, he was not going to resign here. So, to get value for a guy in the last year of his contract, 
solid value, a, a probable fourth-round pick. That's where you picked him mm-hmm. in the first place. And what Bill Davis said was the gap between Brandon Boykin and the guys behind him are, is, was not big enough. Um, and so, you know, you question how could you be sure that Ja'Cory Shepard is going to be that close to Brandon Boykin that, that it's worth, you know, sending him away. But, as Bill Davis said, Malcolm Jenkins, Walter Thurman have both been really good nickels in the league. Hopefully they're going to be the starting safeties, but that gives you flexibility to try out some of these new guys. Uh, you know, EJ Biggers has done it in the past, not necessarily at an elite level, but you he has other done other veteran and, guys. And, you know, and, and they, I mean, we heard in the spring that the Eagles really liked Ja'Cory Shepard, that he was going to push Brandon Boykin. So, you know, now he gets to learn, and, and there, are, there are real fallback options if, uh, if it doesn't work out. So it seems like the Eagles are covered either way. Good pun. I'm not – we'll see. We'll find out, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you could say they've cornered the market. There you go. We've used that before. That's pretty good. I like it. Nice interception, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I can come up with a smooth segue here to okay. transition to. All right, my three and out. The big news. The big news, obviously. At Bo Wolf joining Twitter. Pretty that's, big news. That's that's my three and out. That's it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for the cricket pretty on big, that one. Pretty big deal. Pretty the, big deal. The biggest, your biggest tweet was uh, posting a picture of me from 2006. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy and, with that. And yeah. uh, I, I'm the one who retweeted it from Eagles Thank Insider. You. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I he, I he wanted, made sure to point that out to me so yeah. that he said, "Oh, I didn't retweet it from you know my own." Yeah, I'm not retweeting my own tweet from, <laughs> yeah. from Eagles Insider. I'm not necessarily above that, but uh, <laughs> uh, above you'll know. That? You'll know. You um, want everyone to see it, so that's exactly right. Um. So, the first injury of training camp uh, was actually not Travis Long. The first injury of training camp occurred, and Fran was there, I would say, less than 60 seconds after Chip Kelly's opening press conference. <laughs> we were walking out to the field, and some cameraman just nailed me in the head with his, <laughs> with his camera. Just knocked me and goes, ah, sorry. Like, really? Like, could you, could you calm down? Have you been to a practice before, like... Oh man, Fran was there. I, ha- I was I not ha- happy. I haven't seen. I have a bump on my head. I haven't yeah. seen. Bo, it hurts. I haven't seen. Three days later, Bo that angry since uh, Michael Campanaro got drafted by the Ravens and not by the Eagles. He was not happy. Amateur. Almost had to hold him back. Amateur hour. Yeah. It was he a was regular. No, it was not a regular. Okay. No, yeah. it wasn't regular. So let's talk about Travis Long, the real injury uh, of camp. And listen, you feel you could not feel worse for a guy. Because this is the third time he's torn his ACL, the second time he's torn that left ACL. Last year, I mean, he w- he had made the team, and it happened in the preseason finale. Chip Kelly said today that Travis was basically a lock for the team again, uh, and was likely to be that third outside linebacker. This is a guy who tore, also tore the ACL his senior season, and that caused him to go undrafted. He would have been a mid-round pick. Spent the season on the practice squad with the Eagles, works his way up, and then it happens again. So you feel absolutely terrible for him. But I think that the idea that uh, you know losing Travis Long all of a sudden throws the outside linebacker depth in, you know into into a terrible position is a little overstated. I mean, Travis Long, God love him, has never played in an NFL game, so it's not like this is you know the worst thing that could happen to the defense he was a question mark going he was a quite yeah this is this is a guy who was a question mark to even be worth being on the field sure so what it does mean is marcus smith you know sort of put up or shut up time 
Uh, he's got to prove that, that he belongs in the field and he can spell Brandon Graham and Connor Barwin. And then it also means that guys like Brad Jones now has to, to prove his uh, versatility. Chip Kelly saying that he's going to probably get the bulk of his work at outside linebacker now. That probably helps him, though. It probably does help him. Yeah, it does. Um, Brandon Hepburn is going to do the same. We'll see what, what that means for him. The interesting thing to, I think, us is going to be now you've got those three inside linebackers. Is it worth trying to cross-train Kiko or Michael Kendricks uh, to the outside, see if they can help, uh, at least in some kind of packages, to spell those other guys? And, of course, big news for Jordan DeWalt on DJO. He will be getting interviewed now. He will be getting interviewed. Uh, listening to Bill Davis talk at uh, his press conference on Monday, he brought up a really good point that I don't know that we've discussed enough uh, after the trade for Alonzo is that, look, the Eagles have played more snaps on defense than any yes. team in the league uh, we talked about in the past how D'Amico Ryan's obviously getting older has played more snaps than any defender in the league. Being able to have a guy, uh, a rotation there with three top level talents, that's not the worst thing in the world. And I think if you play those guys in a rotation, it'll be good for the Eagles inside. What's interesting about Kiko Alonso is he's picked up this defense very quickly. Chip Kelly said that earlier on Tuesday. I talked to a Kiko after practice, and he said, you know, it's concepts he's familiar with. That's you know not foreign to him from playing at Oregon. So I guess if you wanted to move him outside, you could. But Chip seemed to be pretty adamant that he wants to keep him an inside linebacker, for now, at least. Things could change, obviously, but it seems like at this point, the idea of Kiko or Michael going to the outside doesn't seem to be in the, in the, in the plans. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, so uh, let me get to my, th- my, uh, my final point here. Uh, and, then, and then out. And then out. Yeah, so we'll go through the third one and out. It's good to know. Um, I want to talk about the run game, and, and it's kind of different facets here. We've, we've talked in the past about how the, the run game is really simplistic in terms of the amount of plays they run. You know, we saw inside zone, we saw sweep, and some different counter plays off of that, but off of those two plays. But uh, this training camp so far, we were at the, the open practice uh, today. You saw inside zone, you saw outside zone, you saw power, you saw uh, counter. Uh, there was the sweep play. There were a bunch of different plays. So I think that uh, it'll be exciting once the game start to see how diver- uh, diversified this run game it turns into, not to, just in terms of the ball carriers, but then also uh, schematically up front what it starts to look like. So I'm excited to see you know what Chip Kelly's got in store for us from that standpoint. But then also Darren Sproles. I'm, I'm excited to see what we see uh, from Darren Sproles here in year two, how much they move him around the formation and what uh, I think we're going to see him more in the slot and moved around the formation more so than what we did a year ago. I'm excited to see Ryan Matthews. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Indeed. Hey, guess what? Who's the interview this week? That's a good question. It's Ryan Matthews. Let's send it over. Bo and I catch up with the new Eagles running back, Ryan Matthews. And now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, the interview. We got an interview on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We welcome one of the newest faces in the Eagles rushing attack, a former first-round pick and Pro Bowl selection, Ryan Matthews. Ryan, how's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? We're doing good. Ryan, let's go back to March. You became a free agent. Did you have a sense that you were not going to be back with the Chargers? Did they kind of let you know that you know they were going to allow you to look elsewhere? Uh, not necessarily. Um, you know, I think it was still kind of up in the air. You know what they wanted to do, but uh. You know, it's, it's quickly, you know, it quickly turned around to, you know, they, I guess they basically didn't, you know, kind of want me back. So, uh, you know, I was on the market. 
what was that like for you? Because you grew up a Chargers fan, right? So uh, to to grow up following the team, to then play for the team, and then have to sort of turn the page <laughs> to to knowing uh, something else that you, that you haven't known before. Uh, I mean, it, it was it it was hard, you know, at first. Um, but uh, you know, it's part it's part of the game, and um, you know, it's 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 part of the business, and uh, you know, it was just uh, my time to go, you know. So. And, and how early in the free agency process did you start to hear from the Eagles? Um, I think it was pretty early. You know, I kind of had a sense. Uh, you know, my agent said had mentioned something about about it, and uh, you know, it, he, he mentioned that that are here and um, a couple other teams, and so you know, I think this was uh, the first place he he really mentioned. So, what was the scene like here at the Novacare Complex? You're getting ready to sign a contract, and they're bringing Demarco Murray for his visit to eventually him sign a contract as well. What was it like for you during those hours, kind of waiting for you to sign your deal? Uh, just chill, you know. Um, a big commotion was about Demarco, but you know, I, I don't mind that. You know, I don't, you know, need all, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, the man deserves it. You know, he really does. He he did a big thing last year, and uh, you know, he's a hard worker and then. And a good teammate, so you know he, he deserves all that. But I was just chilling and um, just waiting to, to sign on the dotted line. I know that that you've been asked about this a lot and the decision to sign, even though the Eagles were were still signing Demarco, uh, and you've talked about that. But was there a time where you thought to yourself, you know, what maybe I should think about going somewhere else, or, or was it was it Eagles uh, from the moment you got here? Uh, it was it was Eagles uh, from the moment I got here. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would have came all the way out here, you know, just to right. leave. So. <laughs> So, I mean, that's a long flight, but, you know, it's, it, as soon as I got out here and, you know, you know, kind of got comfortable with everything and, you know, and seeing how, how Chip kind of runs stuff and, you know, sports science stuff and, and, and how everything's operated, you know, kind of that's what really sold me. And did he give you a heads up that he was going to be talking to DeMarco before uh, that came out? Yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew. Uh, you know, they, they had said something about it and then, you know, it was kind of the more, the more, the mm-hmm. more, the more, then you know, all of a sudden he, he was coming to the facility. So, like, sweet, man. Cool. So how's the transition been like for you? Because not just, you know, you grew up a fan of the Chargers. You played for them. You played your college ball at Fresno State. You were born. You great raised in California. You spent your whole life there on the West Coast. How's that transition been coming to Philadelphia? Uh, It's different. You know, the humidity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the East Coast is a lot different from the West Coast. But, um, you know, it's, it hasn't been that hard. You know, the humidity is one. I came out here a week earlier just to, you know, kind of, you know, try and work out in it a little bit so I wouldn't come out here on the first day and just kick over. So, but um, it hasn't been that hard. You know, the people are real nice here, and, you know, everyone's really welcome, and, you know, they got a great fan base, and I can't wait to play in front of them. You mentioned the, the sports science stuff with Chip. Uh, this is a thing that, that, fair or not, you have had to sort of talk about throughout your career is dealing with injuries. What is the, the frustration level like, not only with not being able to play, but, but with being asked about this uh, all the time and, and saying, you know what, I know that I can stay healthy. What, what's the frustration level like? Uh, it, it's frustrating, you know. Um, you know, throughout my whole career, I've always been, you know, especially in the NFL, you know, I've always been asked about it and everything. But you know, you can't control, you know, certain situations, and and um, it's a contact sport, and you know, not everyone, you know, is, is is lucky enough to go through a whole season without, you know, something happening to them. So, you know, I just gotta keep it a positive mindset and you know, just keep playing forward. You know, all the other stuff is is behind me. You know, this kind of, you know, like a real second chance for for me to 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 kind of, you know, go out there and prove myself again. I imagine also for you, the way you run, so so physical, you're, it's not that you invite contact, but, I mean, you are giving punishment to the defenders as, as much as they're trying to bring you down. Have you ever thought about having to change your running style to, to stay healthy more, or uh, is it more just, you know, unlucky breaks of the game? Um, 
you know, there's just some situations where you, you know, can take less hits and, and run out of bounds and stuff. But, you know, it's, when it's in the, the heat of the moment, you really don't mm-hmm. don't think about that. You know, you're trying to get the extra few yards or, you know, or something like that. But, you know, you just got to play a little bit smarter and, and, you know, stay healthy. That's that's what it is. How did you develop that rushing style? Uh, I mean, I think I've always been like that. You know, I just, you know, just always been a downhill hill type of guy. What do you make of uh, of this scheme and how how it suits your skill set uh, as opposed to what you were in, in in San Diego and obviously you had a few different kinds in, in San Diego. Um, it's 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 fun, you know. It's it's a run first offense and and that's a running back's dream. So, you know, I really can't wait to to get out there and, and start going against you know other defenses instead of ours. So, what have you learned from Demarco Murray and Darren Sproles? Having a chance to be reunited with him, what have you learned from them? Um, your time you know, Demarco's a hard worker. You know, you know, in the classroom, out of the classroom. Um, you no know, serious guy. You know, he's, he's a very serious guy, and uh, you know he, he takes he takes his job r- real serious. And um, you know, but he, he's a great teammate, and he leads by example. You know, and that's 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 something that you know not a lot of people have. You know, you got guys that that you know are in here that not in here, but you know you got guys that you know are the you know the ones that want to be loud and get everyone pumped up and and stuff like that. But you know, Demarco's not that guy. You know, he's he's gonna show you how hard he's gonna work and and everything and uh. You know he's gonna take it out there on the field, and Sproles is the same way. You know Sproles, he's he's laid back, and and uh, you know he he works just as hard as, as Demarco, and uh, you know they like to lead by example, and you know Sproles like to be the first one and everything to to do something. You know he's 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 a real competitor, and you can just tell you know the fighting, fighting his eyes, and and how much hard he has by by you know just going through simple drills in the in the weight room. You know he wants to be the first guy. Or, you know, we're holding plates in our hands for our grip, and he wants to do, be the one with the longest one. You know, so you know he's, he's a real competitive guy, and, and you know that's that's what it takes though for for a team you know to really come together and everyone to really compete, and I think to to get to that uh, final goal at the end of the season. A lot of Eagles fans uh, sort of expect you and Demarco to be the you know the big ball carriers, <laughs> and, and Darren to be the guy in the passing game. But one of the things uh, that's interesting looking at your career stats is I think your second year in the league, you had 50 catches, uh, and then they've sort of gone down since then was that was that just sort of a change in the the Chargers offense and the way they used you and, and you feel like you can be a real weapon in the passing game uh I think so you know I can catch the ball just fine and you know any of the running backs can DeMarco can Sproles definitely can you know we all can block you know so I think you know the thing is just you know being able to use us in, in all you know aspects of the game you know whether it's first down second down third down you know just being able any one of mm-hmm. us can go on and, and play and I think that's that's what's going to be hard now, Ryan, you have two 1,000-yard seasons to your credit. As I mentioned in the intro, you've been to the Pro Bowl. Do you still feel like you have a lot to prove in this league? I do. Um, you know, I'm, I, to me, I'm just a competitor. You know, I want to, you know, just do my best at, at everything I do. And, um, you know, the last, I've had a few, you know, crappy seasons. So, you know, I just want to kind of make up for those. And, you know, I, there's a lot left in the tank. You know, I'm still young and, and – uh you know I'm, I'm healthy and 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 everything so you know there's uh, there's a lot there's a lot of yards left on on the field for me so hopefully I can I can get them how many times <clears throat> excuse me have you seen your name misspelled ah oh, man <laughs> a bunch a bunch how, no, do, you, do you have the stock line it's you know Matthew's one T not two uh I mean me and Jordan messed around with <laughs> it but uh you know I remember in kindergarten you know my my kindergarten teacher always used to Try and make me spell my name with two T's, and I come home and spell with two T's, and my mom would get so mad. <laughs> That's not how you spell it, so you know. But uh, and it happens all the time, so I'm not worried about it. Your mom, Trisha, she had you when she was 16 years old. Can you speak to what she's meant to you and 
everything that she sacrificed to help raise you and to get you to where you are today? She's a hardworking lady. Um, you know, she's she's tough. She really is. And, uh, you know, she, she's different. You know, she's not your typical, you know, like house mom or whatever. You know, she's, you know, she's tough. And, um, you know, she's just worked hard all her life and, and, and everything. And, uh, you know, to kind of raise me right and, and, you know, show me the rights and wrongs and, and everything. So, you know, she's a, she's a great lady. You know, she deserves the world. She's ready to make uh, road trips to Philly? Yeah, she's already planning. <laughs> I already got 30,000 emails today <laughs> about, you know, flights and, and everything. So she, she's definitely going to be here, you know, a lot and, and everything. So she was trying to move here, but I had to kind of <laughs> shut that down real quick. So Why is that? Funny. You want a grown man. Yeah, I just bought her That's house. True. I just yeah. bought her house back in California. Man. <laughs> <laughs> now, you didn't come out here alone. Did you bring Shahi Jiratudu with you? Was that a package deal? Um, I mean, most people. I think I think people were getting tired of hearing it, man. Just, <laughs> and it's always like, oh, you got her together again, everything. I was hating, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, he's my best friend, man. And and I knew I knew you know he just had his, his twins and everything, and and everything. I know he he really wanted to kind of stay in uh, San Diego, but you know they kind of I think we're just doing the same thing to him that they were doing to me. So, you know, I told him as soon as I got out here and really noticed everything and, you know, got, you know, the tour and, and you know, went through every, all the process and everything, I told him, I was like, look, it's, it's it's good out here, man. Like, it really is. Maybe you should check into it. So I called, I, I even called my agent and told him, I was like, hey, get Tutu out here. <laughs> so, you know, a couple of days later, he was like, man, he's like, I'm going. So I was like, sweet. And so, you know, that's how it happened. Tutu's like the, the old man, man. Like, he's like the older brother. So, you know, he's always the one keeping me in check and, and uh, he's always the voice. All right. Well, Ryan Matthews, thanks so much uh, for joining us, and, and good luck this season. We'll, we'll be looking forward to seeing how this, how this backfield works out. Thank you. Time to get ready for game day. It's time for Enemy Intel. Well, a special thanks to Ryan Matthews for joining us for the interview here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, Eagles Beakley. And now it is time for enemy intel my name is bo wolf as you know i'm with fran duffy and fran this is the the last time we're gonna have to sort of fake enemy intel because usually we're going to talk about the team the eagles are playing that week but right now we're still a more than a week away we may have one more week just that like that one yeah in between after the fourth preseason game yeah hopefully not hopefully we've got something to talk about by then but okay well instead after last week we talked about the three division teams for the eagles uh, now we're going to talk about a few of the non-division teams the Eagles have on the regular season slate. We picked out some of the more intriguing storylines. And we'll start in week one because we have to start with this game, the Atlanta Falcons, Monday nighter. And they've, they've certainly had some changes, friend. Dan Quinn taking over Kyle Shanahan, taking over the offense. They really, really struggled to run the ball last season. Now they've got Shanahan, as we said. Devontae Freeman is back. They drafted Tevin Coleman. What do you think that means for the Falcons' running game? And obviously it's huge for them because they can pass it pretty well, but if they can't protect Matt Ryan and if they can't throw the ball, there's no threat of play action. The whole offense cradles. Well, I don't want to tip my hand because you and I play in a couple of fantasy leagues together, but uh, when Tevin Coleman, when I saw that Tevin Coleman got drafted by the Falcons, my first thought was that that was a great fit for Kyle Shanahan's uh, run game and the way that he likes to run the ball. Uh, he's a big outside zone scheme guy. Uh, he was like that in Washington. He was like that last year in Cleveland. And I feel like Coleman, 
uh, has that ability. Look, he's got that that short area burst and that ability to get through a hole quickly, which a lot of people see as a gap scheme type of trait. But I thought that he showed the patience, he showed the decisiveness to be able to run that outside zone scheme run uh, and be able to run it effectively. And obviously the Falcons thought the same way. So uh, I'm excited. I like Devontae Freeman as well coming out of Florida State. Um, I think he's more of a change-up guy. I think that uh, I think that Coleman could be the feature back there. Will be interesting for that offense. Matt Ryan, I would say, the most overrated quarterback in the game. But oh, all right, well, moving on. I don't know if I can let you skate by with that one, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, how about the defense? Because sure. Dan Quinn is, is trying to turn around what was a putrid defense last season. You know, we saw Gus Bradley go from Seattle to Jacksonville. That defense has gotten better, but it's still not there. How long do you expect the Falcons uh, turnover on defense to, to last before they're good again? Well, it'll, it'll take a little bit of time. I mean, they, they ran a 3-4 last year under, I believe it was Mike Nolan and Mike Smith was the was the head coach down there. Um, and, it, it, you know, changing from a 3-4 to a 4-3 under, there are some similar pieces. Uh, obviously, they're going to change some things in the secondary. You've got William Moore there who could theoretically play that kind of Cam Chancellor role as the, as the thundering robber underneath. Uh, you've got Desmond Trufant who has the ability to play up in opponents' faces and play at the line of scrimmage. Robert Alford was the the second corner there. I think he's going to be more of a nickel guy in this scheme. I don't know uh, that he's got the length that they'll want to play outside, but uh, they've got some pieces, and they brought in some complimentary players, a Justin Durant and the Mar- – uh, the uh, Adrian Claiborne's of the world uh, to play Beasley. in the front seven. Vic Beasley they drafted to be that Leo end there, so uh, that'll be a huge addition for them. So, you know, I think defensively they're still probably a year away, but you know, Dan Quinn has shown that he can coach, so it'll be a very interesting group. William Moore is to Cam Chancellor, yeah, what Afani Moma is to Harold Carmichael. That's pretty fair. I mean, I'll give it. I'll give that to you after the Matt Ryan comment uh, a few minutes ago. I'll get. I'll let that one go. All right, let's move on to the team the Eagles will play uh, twice in a month, and that is. I'll the be New at York both Jets. games. You will be at both games. Oh. And the, uh, the the Jets have a have a have a new head coach, uh, Todd Bowles. It's close. I mean, it's not, that's not too bad. I mean, the the most interesting thing with Bowles is look how quickly. Did they take that defense and really Todd just sculpt Bowles it from last year? <laughs> That's a three-year-old quote now at this That's point, isn't one it? One of my one of my all-time favorite quotes. Wow. Should, do we need to explain it? Uh, I think you can explain it since it's your story. A year after Todd Bowles was with the Eagles and was the defensive court, the interim defensive coordinator, uh, Michael Kendricks was asked about playing for Todd Bowles the week ahead of playing the Cardinals, where Bowles was defensive coordinator. And Michael Kendricks must have been a long day of practice. He was just Todd Bowles. From last year, Todd Bowles. We've all had those. We've had those moments. But yeah, it was interesting. It was fun. (laughs) So Todd Bowles from last year. But yeah, so back back to Bowles. I mean, and the the way that the Jets just completely transformed that team. uh, Obviously, they they had a ton of struggles in the secondary a year ago. They go out. They sign Darrell Rivas. They bring back Antonio Cromartie. They sign Buster Screen to play in the slot. Uh, They go out and they get. Uh, the safety from Marcus the, Gilchrist. Yeah, Marcus Gilchrist from San Diego, uh, who a lot of people see as possibly the Tyron Matthew who can play safety uh, in base and then slide down and play in the slot in sub packages. They drafted Calvin Pryor last year, who could be the Dion Buchanan and play as a linebacker in that scheme, which a lot of people thought was his best fit coming out of Louisville a couple years ago. So uh, You thought his best fit was on the bench. 
well, yeah. So, you know, that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, you know, they've, they've got a ton of depth there in the secondary now. We know about that front defensive line. Obviously, they lose, they're going to lose Sheldon Richardson. He's not going to play in the game. But you have Muhammad Wilkerson there, who is one of the best defensive linemen in the game. They drafted Leonard Williams in the top ten this year. Great pedigree. Well, absolutely, coming out to you. Um, Temple made, but – uh, that defense is going to be you know, something to reckon with. Now the question will be, can Chan Galley get some things going offensively? They've got a good stable of backs. They added Brandon Marshall. I think I'm still a believer in Geno Smith. I think that he's shown flashes, and obviously he's been inconsistent. But uh, I would say that if Chan Galley can't make it work, then you know, Arrow's probably pointing much further down than we would have expected. I'm with Gino. you. I think I'm higher on, on Geno Smith than most. I think he's got a chance. Yeah, I think so. So uh, the Jets will be really interesting. I'm excited to see them. It'll be week three of the preseason, so – uh, we're going to see their best shot here in, in the month of August. Week and then, four of the preseason. Oh, is it week four? Always. All right. Every yeah, year. That's it's, a good point. This, yeah. Is this your first year with the team? Yeah. <laughs> Todd Bowles from last year. <laughs> see, we all have them. Yeah, we all exactly. have them. So, either way. So we'll four, actually see their worst shot. We will the see their worst but. shot. But we'll get to see them week three of the regular season, uh, and it'll be exciting to, who uh, is, to see Who is like that. the Jets' fourth quarterback? Because that's who we're going to see. That's a good question. Is it still, uh, is it still Matt Sims? I think no. Not. I think no. no more Matt For Sims. me, the final game of the preseason against the Jets will always, always remind me of Danny Woodhead. Yeah, Danny Woodhead. Uh, I think ran for like 200 yards my first year, uh, something like that. So. I, I always think of Greg Salas. Gregory Salad. Yeah. So I, Greg Salas had a huge game. Why don't we move on? All right, let's move <laughs> on then. As I uh, look up who their backup quarterback is, let's move on to the, New the Orleans next Saints. game, the New Orleans Saints. Well, not the next game, but. The next team we're going to talk about here. Uh, Jimmy Graham is gone, Fran. They bring in C.J. Spiller to pair with Mark Ingram. Do you think this changes the identity of the Saints offense? Also, obviously, in the Graham trade, they get a good center. Do you think that that this means they're going to run the ball a little bit more, take some pressure off? And they traded Kenny Stills. Uh, You know, obviously they 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 got Brandon Cooks. They took in the first round last year, and uh, he's coming off an injury. Yeah, no question. He he's coming off injury, so a lot of people aren't really thinking about him as much right now. But uh, I think that they're going to try and run the ball more. And you remember when Breeze first got there and Sean Payton first got there, they were a you know a running team that threw a lot of different screen passes and did a lot in the short game. And I think that that's what Breeze is going to have to turn into over the next couple of years. A lot of the people who watch the tape, including our friend uh, Greg Cosell, uh, would say that his arm is starting to go in the downward spiral a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that and I'm excited to study that offense because they always do a lot of different things and uh, try to mix things up there for defenses. But um, offensively, yeah, I would expect them to run the ball a little bit more than we've seen in the past. That preseason finale, we're going to see a lot of Bryce Petty, for sure. Oh, wow. He's probably going to play. I would guess he plays That'll the be first three quarters. Then we get Jake Heaps. Oh, man. End. You know that the Jets – so Jake Heaps, right? He got signed after the draft. Is it Jake Heaps or Jay Keeps? It is Jake Heaps. Jake Heaps. This is his fourth team in two years. I, 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 I thought believe. it was a rookie. No? Yeah, I know. Oh. He, play, he, was at, uh, he was at BYU. Okay. And he was like an all he was all freshman all American. He was he started there and was great. They uh, they changed offensive staffs and then he transferred. He went to Miami. He didn't last through camp and he transferred. Again. It was it's been a rough couple of years here for heaps. You know how they would describe him in Australia? How's that? Heaps terrible. He's he's <laughs> heaps awful. Jake is heaps terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on towards the end of the season now. We're going we're gonna to skip some of the meat of the schedule and go staying in the AFC East, the New England Patriots. Not a lot being said these days no. about the New England Patri- Patriots. You Offensively, I don't think yeah. there's anything you need to talk about with this team at all. 
But obviously, this late in the season, we will be seeing Tom Brady, assuming uh, that he is healthy. You want to talk about their defense, friend, because yes. that secondary has been completely remade. Yes. Do you think that changes the way they play? Well, it's funny because I, you know, for a lot of the different projects I'm working on, I'm kind of going through uh, a lot of different coverage concepts and uh, looking how at how uh, a lot of teams in the NFL play defense. So uh, the the Patriots last year were a huge, huge man coverage team. Whether it was cover one, uh, you know, man free with a single high safety and man coverage underneath, they had Darrell Rivas. You know, they had Brandon Browner. They had all these guys that they were able to line up and play man to man straight across the board. Those two guys are gone. Now you've got Logan Ryan. You've got Malcolm Butler. They signed Bradley Fletcher. They've got a rookie, Daryl Roberts, out of Marshall, who I liked but was undrafted. Um, so you've got a lot of unproven guys. Butler obviously made the play, you know, was the hero of the Super Bowl. But uh, now you're going to try and count on him to be your every week starter on the outside, along with Logan Ryan, who has really been relegated to the slot now. It's, it's going to be a big question mark. So now can those guys play man-to-man? I think they're going to end up going to play more zone. All right, lastly, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, an interesting team, obviously, from the Eagles' perspective, the LaShawn McCoy-Kiko Alonso trade. They've got a stacked backfield now. Who, who knows what's going to happen at quarterback? Let's, let's talk sure. about that first. Matt Castle, E.J. Manuel, Tyrod Taylor. Not exactly lighting the world on fire. What do you think is going to no, happen? No, and I, I think that it'll end up being Castle, but – uh, and everyone, everyone's in love with Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. I think I they know. just think of that bowl game where he threw that well, touchdown. Well, it's because we've Stanford. seen how bad the other guys are. We don't sure. know how bad he is yet. Yeah, and I, much like how Gino, yeah, much like, you know, BT, BT remembers the play. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor was rolling to his left, threw it in the back of the end zone. It was a ridiculous play in the bowl game against Stanford. But um, I don't know if I'm ready to completely write off EJ Manuel yet either. I mean, we'll see. It's a, it's a whole new coaching staff, so I think all these guys are starting fresh. But um, – the quarterback is definitely it's got look it's going to be the big question but you know with Rex Ryan it's going to be run the ball run the ball play great defense and if the quarterback can make a couple plays for you great but I'm going to hang my hat on my ability to run the ball okay you're starting an NFL franchise yep you're building your roster okay you're allowed to choose three quarterbacks for your roster okay okay and I'm giving you the option of EJ Manuel Matt Castle Tyrod Taylor Geno Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Jets and the Bills. Who's Gino. your starter? Who's your backup? Who's your third quarterback? I would. I mean, if I had to, my third. I got to pick three of those guys. I would go. God help you. Gino. I would go Gino, EJ Manuel, and Matt Castle just for the veteran presence. Okay. I I agree with Gino. I'm yeah. not. I I'm ready to be done with EJ Manuel. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, look, you you might be right. You probably are. Maybe maybe he'll end up here, and I'll and I'll sound silly, but right. who knows? All right. As for the rest of the Bills, you are very intrigued by the defense. Rex Ryan takes sure. over. What what else jumps out at you? Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, that defensive front with Marcel Darius and uh, and Kyle Williams. You've got a very good secondary, and they're going to play a lot of man coverage. You've got Nickel Roby there in the slot. Uh, you've got the the kid out of South Carolina, Stephon Gilmore, out of South Carolina from a few years ago, very good. Uh, who has turned into a very good corner for them. Uh, at linebacker, they've got a lot of players as well. So uh, really, at all three levels of the defense, they've got a lot of talent. Mario Williams, we didn't even mention him. Uh, defensively, they're not going to have too many issues. It's really going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Are, gonna be, are they going to be able to do enough? And look, Greg Roman has has shown in the past that he can kind of change some things around and be creative. Uh, you know, he showed it in San Francisco, although he was there with with Harbaugh. How much of that was Harbaugh? How much of that was Roman? That's a question that can be answered uh, another day. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. Obviously, with LaShawn McCoy and that run scheme. 
All right, well, Fran, always fun to do the one-on-one dance with you on Enemy Intel. Next week we'll talk Indianapolis Colts, Todd Harriman's, Trent Cole. Is Colt Anderson still there? Uh, I believe so, and they've got some guy named uh, Andrew that I'm excited to, to dip into too. Andrew so. Gleichert. Yeah. Andrew Gardner. Andrew Gardner. That's okay. right. Luck be a lady tonight. All right, that does it for Enemy Intel. On the other side, it's time for game time. Get out your scorecards. It's game time. Well, thanks to my special guest, Fran Duffy, for joining us on Enemy Intel. You're welcome. Now Fran's back (laughs) alongside Chris McPherson. (laughs) It's game time, guys. New game today. Woo! Game is called Roster of the People. Roster of the People. (laughs) Instead of Foster of the People. Instead of Round of the Fury. I was thinking of The Rock. Roster of the People. The People's Roster. So... This is basically this is a head-to-head game. I'm going to okay. give you two names. Okay. You're going to tell me who has a better chance of making the Eagles 53-man roster. Okay. Okay. And we're going to start at wide receiver. Miles Austin or Segi Ajiratutu? Who is has it a better to chance? Buzz in? Who has a better No, just I would like to hear your answer. Who has a better chance of making the roster? Uh, I like Ajiratutu's chances only because of his special teams experience. And I think I, I would guess that both guys would make it, but – uh, I think Ajiro Tutu has the better shot just because, uh, especially, look, you lose Brandon Boykin, uh, who's a, a valuable special teams player. I think Ajiro Tutu can come in and fill that role. I hope he downs some punts on the two. So, Tutu on the two. That would be perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. That's, that's a great hashtag. I'm going to bring that upstairs. You should do it. I'm going to go with Miles Austin. Uh, just because you guys look Because you look alike. Because we look alike, yes. And uh, who'd say by the end of training camp he not – Maybe competing for Riley Cooper's role. That's true. Ooh, in the uh, in the offense, so I Thank would agree God with none Fran. Of us looks like Riley Cooper. I would agree with Fran regard with regard to the special teams prowess of two, but uh, uh, I'll just lean a slightly bit toward Miles Austin in this one. I okay. could swing. I, you could swing me either way on that one. That's a good question. But I would say I do. I think both make it. I have to start playing the uh, numbers game in sure. my head here, but I'll go with Austin. Okay. Uh, I guess I guess I would say Austin push come to shove. But All right, um, it's tight. I I am like yeah. Ask me tomorrow. I might change my tune. Might I'll ask my, tomorrow. Might change my <laughs> might change my two. Yes. All right. Next. Skip to my two, my darling. Roster of the people. You are the people. Who has a better chance of making the fifty-three man roster? Earl Wolf or Jerome Couplin? Well, I'm already on the record with Earl Wolf are. being a starter, so I might as well keep going with Earl Wolf on this. This one is maybe a little too far-fetched. But you are the reigning Jerome Cuplin champion, Fran. <laughs> uh, that's he a good point. <laughs> he is my guy. And by my guy, I mean he's got great size and he tested well at his pro day. Um, you know, I think uh, this is tough. I'm going to go Wolf. I'm going to go with Wolf only because, uh, you know, obviously the you, he was a former fifth-round pick. Uh, he's got – you know, solid game tape from his rookie year. Hasn't played, obviously, in a good amount of time. But um, I, I'm going to lean towards Wolf here. I believe Earl Wolf is, is the answer. I think I think Coupland's got another year of uh, practice squad duty. Ahead okay. All right, next we stay in the secondary, go to the cornerback position. Ooh. A young undrafted rookie getting a little bit of buzz. Denzel Rice okay. from Coastal Carolina. Your guy. Or drafted in the sixth round, Randall Evans, mm. a draft pick mm. versus an undrafted guy. Who has a better chance of making the 53? At this point, from what you hear about reports, it seems like Rice is the one who's playing better right now. He's the one generating more of a buzz. 
Um, so not to say that Evans you know, can or won't make the team. We're going with better chance. Probably Rice has a slight edge at this moment, I would say. Lewis Riddick singled him out on Twitter after attending practice on Sunday. And that means the world. Well, and then uh, he actually, Chip Kelly at his opening press conference, mentioned Rice before Evans. Yes, he did. If you want to read into words. Um, which is what you're doing. Which is what I'm doing right now <laughs> for the purpose of the segment. So, uh, From what we've seen, that's yeah, what we have to go yeah, off of. So, I'm going yes. to go with Rice right now. I'm going to go with Rice. So okay. kudos to you for picking that one out. Okay. Um, I think I would say Rice, but but just for the odds, i got to say Evans at this point. So That worked right. out really well for you in the journey to the draft Yeah, games. that really did. <laughs> I think that, that going last really hurt me for, without question. Well, All right. Okay. Defensive line. Hmm. Former fifth round pick, Taylor Hart. He's making it. Or <laughs> one of the greatest stories in NFL history, the defensive lineman, ninety eight years old, <laughs> Brandon Bear. Who has a better chance of making the roster? They were both on the roster last yeah. year. Yes. Nothing to say they can't both make it. Who has a better chance? I think they both make it, but I think Taylor Hart definitely makes it. I agree. Young upside. He will break out of the feely. Yeah, uh, that's a proper usage yeah. of the term. But sure. you did. Yeah, you used it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would lean he toward. Will, he will not finish a feely. We explained the feely last, uh, last episode. Yes. Should yes. we just go to the journey of the draft to hear Fran rave about Taylor Hart? So all, all off season last that's, year. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. He was your Jordan Hicks before. Jordan he was Hicks. my Jordan Hicks mm. before Jordan Hicks. <laughs> that's okay. true. All right, this one we're we're going a multi uh, position comparison okay yeah. all right a player who got a shout out today or yesterday from chip kelly surprisingly to some raheem moster the undrafted running back out of purdue kickoff return specialist spicy brown moster very very it's exactly right ketchup and moster <laughs> uh very fast track star or offensive lineman josh andrews wow completely spent different last two plants spent last season on the practice squad out of oregon state Interior lineman. I'm going to go with the odds here and go with uh, with Andrews, only because I feel like there's more likely that one of those undrafted guys, one of those lower-end linemen make it, as opposed to uh, Mostert, who's going to be behind Kenyon Barner, and obviously you've got the big three there at running back. So. You don't think they carry four running backs this year? I do, but well, I, think he he's, I, think Barner, I think Barner's four right now. So, you know, I, if you were to ask me Barner or Mostert, I would say Barner. Okay. I'm going to go, just to be French contrarian, Mostert. I'll go Mostert. I mean, I feel like Chip's never single guys out like that. There was something, it wasn't even like he was asked. It was like, No, he was asked about the running backs without Matthew Tucker. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the way he singled them out, so, you know, he's a guy to watch in the preseason. Obviously, I think if he does, if he's going to make the team, he's got to be the kickoff return. I feel like that's going to have to be Yeah, he's going he's to have to role. play special teams in, in all phases for sure. So... I'll, I'll I'll give a little lean to Mostert on this French one. French Mostert. We know your answer. You're, are you still the president of the uh, And not only am I the president, I'm also a client. Uh, I, I think I'd go with Andrews, but I like Mostert too. Honey Dijon Mostert. Mostert. Yeah, Dijon Mostert. All right. So, all right, last one. Tim Tebow. Okay. Or. Uh, Tim Tebow. All right. We're or done. <laughs> somebody who is not currently on the 90-man roster, making the week one 53-man roster? That's a good one. Um, 
I think there's more of a chance of someone not being on the roster now who will be, be on, on the, the week 53. one roster after the final cutdown. That's not to say Tim Tebow can't right. win the third job, but it's almost a certainty to an extent that someone will be in that spot. Now, as I say that, I'm trying to think the last year whether last there was Last year there was not a, a cutdown pickup, but there was a trade that netted somebody who was on the week one roster. Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey. So... It's not a guarantee. Oh, as we're, as we're seeing be. right now. So. Yes, but, but it seems but like every year I'm just going it's a huge over the years. Uh, but, but Chip runs things a little differently than Andy Reid. Chip, Chip wants his guys experienced in the system. In the culture. Uh, he doesn't bring in that many guys from the outside. No, no. I remember at the midway point last year, there were so few guys who had not been with the team right. throughout the entirety of the offseason. So it would probably have to be someone maybe he's already familiar with to an extent maybe. I still think there's a good chance it's going to be someone from the outside, so I'm still going to lead toward that decision. I'll play contrarian for the first time. I'll, I'll go Timmy T. I'm really intrigued to see, uh, obviously, how he performs in the in the preseason uh, at quarterback, and then if he does make the 53, how he's used. Is he going to be just as a quarterback? Is he going to get brought in uh, in red zone and goal line and short yard situations and what that means for the roster in terms of who's active and who's not? Uh, will three quarterbacks be active on game day or not? It'll be really interesting to see. I could see Tim as being someone who's going to shine in the preseason. I could see someone that we're going to watch a practice and maybe be like, you know, oh, it's not the greatest thing. Oh, you know, Matt Barkley is a clear, a clear option. I could see Tim playing well in the preseason. And you figure – I like that you, that you and him are on a first-name basis. You yes, just call of him course. Tim. Yeah, I like that. Would you like me to call him Mr.? Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. T. Yeah, New York, New York <laughs> Times style. <laughs> uh, but you figure he's someone who's – Playing starting experience in the NFL, one in the playoffs, and he's going to be working against third, fourth string defenses. That also means he's working with third, certainly, fourth string certainly offensive weapons. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with your original one. I'm going to go with uh, somebody not here makes it. So we'll see what happens. Sure. Let's uh, let's just lazily close the show. Let's mail it in. Captain, incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived. And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In. That's not even close to how a piano was played. <laughs> I think it was pretty close. It was one I of my w- last classes I took at Temple. I wish I could play the piano. I, I can't either. So, I did work for the, uh, the orchestra in college as a telemarketer. And got to see some. So you're basically concerts. a musician. <laughs> I, no, I just uh, admire it, but nowhere close. Okay. No, it's the opposite. The f- it made me want to learn how to do it. Is this the first time that Nerd Alert has been dropped and it's not about me? Wow. Look at that. Wow. I feel good about that. So mailing okay. it in? Yeah. Yeah, let's do this it. This is where this is clearly mailing it in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you actually got a question. I got a question. Bo. I got a couple questions for at Bo Wolf. Follow me, Bo underscore Wolf. That's W U L F. Bo, uh, B-E-A-U? Follow your boy. Build the, br- build the brand. Okay, two questions. One from uh, the Wizard of Az. Nice. I'm still convinced that you run that account. That's definitely incorrect. <laughs> he runs Rowie Hoseman. Oh, there you go. I certainly do not. Uh, although I do want to know who runs the Eagles Beakley account. I, that for sure is you. <laughs> it's not me. I want to know who it is, though. Uh, okay, can, uh, can that Travis Rossidi guy play outside linebacker? Anybody know? That's the question. Uh, I believe that he is not uh, an outside lineman. He's a he's a defensive lineman through and through. 
I would count him out of that equation. Yes. And then the follow-up question from the guy on the couch is, uh, what is more likely, Vinny Curry as a backup to Brandon Graham or one of the inside linebackers sliding out? I would go one of the inside linebackers sliding out. You'll see Curry in situations. Right. He'll be a situational guy. But if you were to say who's going to be – if Brandon Graham, something were to happen and you needed someone to go in there to start, right. I would think a better chance of one of the inside guys sliding out. I would agree with that. I think you know Vinny Curry – Situationally, will yeah. we'll pass rush standing up, but but he can't he can't be playing there three downs. Yeah, no. yeah. We talked about it last week too. Is that uh, situationally is this before the Travis Long injury? Uh, in certain situations, certain sub packages, I could see Vinny Curry sliding out. Some of the outside linebackers sliding out. Bill Davis talked about it Monday that he sees situations where all three of those inside backers could be on the field at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, our next question comes from Goal line. Matt Jeff Gamber. Well, so who will line up where if the Eagles go to the dime package? Specifically, he was thinking that Carroll would remain the dime linebacker. Would Rowe go to the outside? I just don't know if you're going to see as much dime this year. I felt like that was more of necessity after the D'Amico injury last year. Uh, well, I, I'm not so sure that's the case because I think they were training Carroll early to be that dime guy. So I think it was part of the plan to, to do it a little bit more. However, True, yes. I do think yeah. that the plan this year is to do it less because they have those three inside linebackers who can all cover. Um, but in dime, I would imagine that Bill Davis doesn't really want to be moving guys around. If Nolan Carroll is the starting outside corner, I don't think he's going to be moving back inside. So I think you're looking at you know Ja'Cory Shepard and maybe the third safety or whoever the, f- the fourth corner is. We'll yeah. have to see who makes the team. I could see... Uh, if we, if they do play more dime this year, I, I could see Randall Evans potentially filling that just because he's a bigger body. Uh, some people think he could play safety. Didn't you say Randall Evans was not going to make the team versus uh, Denzel Rice? I, I'm just saying in terms of body type. Okay, okay. But, um, Maybe this is where he can make the team. Right. But <laughs> I also do think, you know, and you listen to Bill Davis on Monday, he singled out Kiko Alonso uh, for his ability to cover tight ends because of his length and that that could affect how much more they play nickel as opposed to dime this year. So that'll be an interesting story to watch. All right, our next question comes from at the cross 87 wants to know is it fair to expect a better year for special teams? Absolutely not. No That's, way. No, you can't. I mean, uh, you know. They were number 1 in the league. Dave Fipp is a miracle maker, but I'm counting on a, uh, a step back in special teams at least in terms of points. Touchdowns. Of course. Right. Yeah. At the very least. So, I mean, I hope Cody Parkey doesn't have a sophomore slump. You know, we go back to Alex Henry. Alex Henry had a very good rookie season. Yikes. Although, to be fair, Alex Henry took like one field goal over I was going to say, it's very good from a percentage standpoint, yes. Cody Parkey, much, much more talented. So, Donnie Jones is still great. Uh, but, yeah, I don't um, – They'll still, I still think they'll be the best. I guess something regarding the Boykin trade that didn't bring up is who plays Gunner. Yeah. And maybe that's two. Two on the two. Could be two. Uh, you could see Jalen Watkins there. Yes. I think Watkins could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be another battle to watch. That's one thing Boykin did was Very outstanding well. at. Yep, sure. Uh, you know, there's no, there's not even really an area of special teams where I expect them to be, to be better than last season. Maybe uh, there isn't. You're trying to I, think maybe. I mean, they scored two touchdowns on kickoff return. They better, two better punt average. Returns. <laughs> that, that would returns, be the only thing. Could have been more they on blocked, punt return. They blocked two punts. Right, yeah. punt block was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Kickoff I mean, coverage was good. Yeah. That's going to uh, be tough. Especially, like, you take a guy like Brandon Graham. 
I remember Franz Eagle Eye from the Jacksonville season opener. Oh, uh, yeah. Just and Graham just level level guy he knew, the guy he, <laughs> he trained with in the offseason, <laughs> knocked him out. But you're not going to have a guy like him on special teams as much since he's taking a full-time role. So that's like another spot you have to replace. So, All right. Our last one, it's not even really a question. It comes from at Kev Moss. That's Kev with two Vs. Uh, this is a prediction that Coupland will be the starter at safety alongside Malcolm Jenkins and that Ja'Cory Shepard will be on the outside with Walter Thurman moving to the slot. Okay. That's bold. Thanks. Thanks. Bold. We'll, we'll send him some autographs. Uh, uh, if, uh, con- conscious on Coupland. So. No, that's, uh, that, would be, uh, that would be something. Would be a that would series. be something. I, I hope that I hope that that doesn't happen only because it would mean a lot of injuries. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, fellas. Well, I think that's going to yeah, I think that's it. put another episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast in the books. Thank you very much for your questions. And again, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure to check out Fran's Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Thank you, Chris. Uh, the Journey to Draft podcast, I guess, will be coming in a few weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks here. And then uh, we also have the official Philadelphia Eagles podcast channel. You'll get interviews, press conferences, uh, in-studio interviews, one-on-ones, all that stuff in one place. So wherever you consume your podcast, please make sure to subscribe. Uh, for Bo Wolf and Fran Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been the Eagles Insider Podcast.